This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's hour five of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having an outstanding little afternoon back there in the Metroplex. We are live at uh, Surprise Stadium here, home of spring training. And our coverage is brought to you by Sonic. Mmm, good. It's time for some uh, NFL news of the night with Zach Wolchuk. Here's Zach. Thank you very much. I do want to let you know the Rangers rolled the Reds earlier today 13-2 to as they were on the road over at Goodyear. They'll be back here. We'll get to watch them tomorrow. They had 13 runs, 17 hits. Those are spring season highs for the Rangers. Mitch Garver, who caught the first three innings, had a bombski as he went yard. He had a couple of RBIs for Mark Mathias, an RBI for Jonathan Ornelas, and our guy Martin Perez, who we got to catch up with there during the 4 p.m. segment. Three innings, three hits, one run, and a strikeout as in his first spring training start. He was pretty good. First Rangers starting pitcher to pitch more than two frames in an outing this spring. And Jose LeClerc scoreless in his lone inning of work uh, this spring as well. So a good day for our Texas Rangers here in Surprise as it is so beautiful being out here. Getting to watch some baseball. We saw the Royals and Brewers and uh, excited to watch the Rangers all week long. But some NFL news for you. We got a lot of buzz coming from the Combine. And the draft as well. One of the most polarizing names, Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. This guy, some think he might be a fourth-rounder. As there was a report from CBS Sports, NFL teams have a fourth-round grade on Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson, according to a report. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler says he spoke with multiple NFL teams who have scouting departments that have first-round grades on Richardson and multiple teams that have fourth round grades on Richardson and the talents there but will he pan out as a pro one NFL exec told Fowler that Richardson is Cam Newton and Justin Fields combined but some don't think that he's going to end up being able to transition to the pro game so some love him some hate him but how about this today according to Vegas the number one overall pick odds skyrocketed as we have a new betting favorite emerging to go number one overall. Who is that player? Don't it, say Anthony Richardson. It is Florida's own Anthony Richardson. Wow. How do we feel about that, Broadus? You know what? I have him in the second round myself is where I have him there. And so, to me, uh, I've heard people compare him to Jalen Hurts with a better arm you know, more arm talent and stuff like that. This guy's got some serious body armor, though, when you watch him play. He's super sturdy, super tough. Majority of snaps, though, is the shotgun stuff. So you're going to have to kind of kind of figure all that out. But a uh, ton of ball handling. 
you know, he's always faking, looking back down the field. You wonder if he really seeing everything. You know, did Dan Mullen and others make it really, really easy, you know, for him? I know he was with the new staff this year, but did, did they make it easy for him to play? Um, you know, I, I just kind of feel like he's a guy that can score from any point on the field. Yeah. Long runs on his own. He can throw the ball a long way. You watch the Utah game. He makes some really good throws. I mean, LSU, my school was scared to tackle him. They were. I mean, they, he was just bouncing off guys, and you're thinking like he's a really he's got a real thick build. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. That Big bo- body. body armor. I mean, that, this kid's. A, I'm with you, man. This kid's super and tough. And he can climb the pocket sometimes. Mm-hmm. He shows an ability to navigate the pocket. I like him. I think he's got a lot of upside. Uh, now it, it's close with him and Hendon Hooker for me, but I can see why some teams could fall in love with an Anthony Richardson. But it is wild seeing the discrepancy. And today, you've got the report the Bears, you got multiple teams that are calling them about number one, and they're leaning towards moving that number one overall pick, according to Adam Schefter. And maybe there is a team, and maybe this is, maybe Vegas knows something here. Their guy's Anthony Richardson, and they're going to move up to go get him at number one. Wouldn't that just be an absolute jaw-dropping I, type of move? I'm going to throw out a, a conspiracy theory that I think Vegas knows what team it is. I'm going to tell you what team it is. How about that? Just because their owner, I think, could be a, you know, a little bit of a guy that might be a little bit on the edge. It's the Colts with Ursay. I think Ursay is one of those guys that's kind of like – you know, he's tweeting out, hey, we really like this guy, we like that guy. But he, he seems like, to me, running in those kinds of circles and stuff as far as owners go, that might be a little bit of a, mm. you know, having some ties with some people. I, I, I think Ursay is a guy that clearly maybe is talking to the, uh, to the, to the people out there in uh, Nevada. It's very, very interesting. It is. I mean, I I certainly get it. One, from the Bears' standpoint, that's the only two options you have. You're either staying at one to take a quarterback and you're trading fields, or you're keeping fields and you're trading the number one pick because you're not taking a quarterback. Oh, they're trading. They're trading. That's a no-brainer. I wonder how, like, interdivision trades would be, like, would is the, the, the Colts wanting to trade with well i guess it's with the bears so it wouldn't really wouldn't matter because because they would jump houston right and that the, that would be the plan the Colts right. jump houston right. to get the guy that they right. like yes anthony richardson man and, and i haven't studied him like you guys have but he's got from a size and speed standpoint and then the arm strength he's the type of quarterback that you feel like man on a rookie contract if you put a ton of talent around a lot him, of upside and within two or three years of, of passing development that's a dude that could run his way with a lot of talent, you mentioned Jalen Hurts. I'm like, dude, the Eagles picking at 10, and maybe it's unrealistic now for Anthony Richardson to even be there for him. But that's a conversation for me if I'm Philadelphia. Yeah. Would I just take him yeah. and just keep the, the rookie quarterback contract cycle going with a guy who can run, and then I'll trust my offensive coaches to develop him Same guy, The same guy you play with with better arm? Be smart. Heck yeah. Be smart. Now, speaking of the quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Richardson are going to throw at the scouting combine on Saturday. Bryce Young is going to wait for Alabama's Pro Day on March 23rd. Also, Jalen Carter, the potential top player on most people's boards. I know he's my top player in the draft, the defensive tackle from Georgia. He is not going to participate at this combine. He's going to wait for the Georgia Pro Day to work out is that is that an issue brian when guys say like hey i'm not going to work out i'm going to wait I, for the pro day you know what i i just 
as as a scout and the old crusty scouts used to do this in the you know in the 90s when guys wouldn't run they wouldn't run the 40 and you're like you know they'll wait to the pro day these scouts act like oh oh you're not competing you're not trying you don't want to you know you don't want to show yourself and all that in all actuality what's going to happen after the combine we're going to take a week off and then we're going to start going to pro days at alabama and georgia we're going to go to all the places and so these scouts always made a big deal about that because you want to see guys compete but that's kind of that's something that these players you know if you're going to sit there and and, and ding a guy because he's not working out at the combine you know when you've watched all the tape and think he's like the consensus number one player in the draft likely because you're going to and you're saying oh i don't want him because he's not working out then, you know, fine, I'll draft the guy and I'll beat you with the same player, you know. I, I just don't, like I say, these kids have reasons. Yeah. The combine has become a very, very strenuous thing to have to deal with. And you know why? TV. Mm. TV has made this harder on these players because of the way they set up the schedules. They have all these things they have to do all day with the medicals and all this. And they're testing knees. They're testing all this stuff. Afternoon, instead of like when we used to like get up, get guys on the field, get them going, get them off. But now it's turned into a made-to-TV event. So it's just a lot more strenuous on these players to have to deal with. I don't blame them for not working out. Dude, the combine, if you're a player, should be, hey, I'm participating here because it's going to help me. Uh, how is Jalen Carter being helped with the combine? Like it's not he he's he's fortunate yeah. with his God given abilities and what he put on tape he earned the right to be able to say I don't need this combine because you're still going to take me in the top three yeah. that's just fact of the matter. Now the final combine news of note uh, and we'll see what you think here, Krusty. But we've got some new technology efforts that are going to come out this week as we've got according to league sources body scans are going to be used for the first time at next week's combine in hopes of eventually replacing. The manual body measurements that have been done for decades in scouting. So the consideration is that the scans are going to replace the hands-on process of measuring players' height, hand size, and wingspan with the single-scan approach. These scans are going to be beta-tested next week for accuracy with the belief that they'll be fully integrated in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, there used to be a situation where you had all-star measurements, heights, weights, arm length, and all that. Scouts, various scouts measure arms. You try and have a uniformed way of doing it where you feel for that space and the joint of the shoulder and then the extension of the arm and make sure, you know, there was you, – you wanted that to always be consistent. You know, and a lot of teams will take the combine numbers and they're like, cool, okay, great, we'll this height, weight, speed, hand size – that's fine. We'll use it. But then what happens, they go on the road and they start measuring these guys on their own. And they're like, no, we're going to take ours. So, yeah, it's, you know, if it, it, it really doesn't matter. We've had electronic times before, and people still use their handheld times before they use electronic times. Mm. Like, oh, we'll take, you know, we're going to use our clock and not something that's probably more accurate, even more accurate than their hand times. So here's something that can impact the Cowboys here in the NFC East as we continue to find out who's going to be the next owner of the Washington Commanders. Jeff Bezos is out 
as he is being blocked by Dan Snyder. Washington Post. Yep, he doesn't want him to uh, be bidding for this team, so you can rule Jeff Bezos as a potential future owner of the Commanders out. But here is a new guy that we know well here in the state of Texas. According to the Post, the Washington Post, Houston Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta is involved in the bidding war for the D.C. football team. Fertitta's bid landed at an estimated $5.5 billion, and he's not considered right now to be a front runner. But he's apparently the other, uh, apparently the other previous unnamed bidder who has visited the team's facility, is him and Josh Harris. But it's Seventy Sixers. Yes, but Fertitta is a guy that he might be building steam because he's worth around seven billion. He might be able to up his offer a little bit. But that's now a name that maybe we should consider as a potential guy that could get into this thing to buy the commanders he took a big beating i believe he's in the restaurant business yes he owns like bubba gum yeah he took a big beating during COVID. was a he lost a ton of money during COVID uh, with his restaurants and stuff like that not being open the whole thing with the washington post there's people though in the organist or in the nfl owners that are starting to say that that snyder they've gone what three four months with this now and that maybe that him dragging this on, there's not really an intent to sell the team, you know. That he's just making this, uh, you know, he's just making this uh, uh, something that uh, like a little bit of a show and trying to flush out these these potential. But there's, like I say, owners always. I don't think there's a whole hell of a lot of respect among uh-huh. owners when it comes to that Dan Snyder. So any kind of whispering or talk you're going to get from other owners about him. Or, or just that, again, like I say, I don't think he's one of the most uh, most trustworthy guys of these owners. The Rams today once again made the proposal to make roughing the passer reviewable and that the 4th and 15 idea might be proposed once again. That was the Eagles voted that. Yes. The Eagles, the Eagles proposed the 4th and 15 instead of the onside kick. Well, the Rams are uh, apparently in favor of, of both as they're pushing for both of them to be reviewed. I love them both. You know, fourth and 15 sounds great. Rough in the passer. Uh, there's no reason to not. It's such a backbreaking play. It's an automatic first down and 15 yards. Um, just arbitrarily deciding we don't want to take the extra time is disingenuous to the concept of replay. I do think they're going to end up just on those. They're usually – haven't we seen this before? Didn't they do some type of penalty replay? Was it like a pass interference? Interference, pass yeah. interference. Yeah. And ultimately they're just like, no, the ref was right. No, the, the refs ref are the right. ones. The refs are the ones that decide. The guy in the booth was the one that decided the ref was right. Right. So anytime you challenged, it became a joke. And that's probably how it would come to with the roughing the passer right. as well. Ultimately, we, now we have one uh, quarterback who I think probably should retire, but he is apparently looking at the next chapter of his life because he wants a big paycheck in the broadcasting world. His name is Matt Ryan. Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? Matt Ryan potentially going to the broadcast booth. Do you think he'd be good? No, he'll be terrible. He'll be kind of like Drew Brees. He's too much of a robot. You know, you train these guys to be uh, quarterback robots for like 20 years. Um, They're in the process of training Patrick Mahomes to be a quarterback robot. Every year there's a little bit less Beast Texas in him and a little bit more CEO. And by the time he's 30, he's going to have that whole song and dance down. Um, and I, I think some guys just can't get out of it enough to be entertaining. They're still doing all their media like they're talking with the media post game as a player, and that's just a whole like branch of, of safety and lack of creativity that's not good as an analyst on television. 
The Broncos have hired Joe Lombardi as their offensive coordinator as he reunites with Sean Payton. Sean Payton had him, yeah, in New Orleans. Long yeah. time there with the uh, Saints, and he was with the Chargers. Kellen Moore ended up replacing him, so those two friends are reuniting. And what is up with the Lions in their former great players, and they no longer have a good relationship? I guess, you know, Barry Sanders is like bleep you. Mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson and the Lions had a falling out, but I guess now – they're having good conversations. The Lions and Calvin Johnson are, and the Hall of Fame wide receiver is excited to be a value quote to the organization again. As I guess they're they're mending fences. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with those. You know, you, you get a guy like Dan Campbell in there, who's, you know, people respect him. I mean, yeah, he's got some meathead tendencies and things like that. But, you know, you look at you know the the Lions coming back. You know, playing really very competitively and winning games, going into Green Bay, winning that game. And I think there's some, you know, those players are kind of looking at it, and Dan's maybe trying to mend some some fences there. You've got the lady owner there now who's involved. She probably wants to get things, uh, you know, going in the right direction with some of the players that they've had in the past. But I kind of feel like it's more about, you know, you don't have Matt Patricia and, you know, that whole New England, you know, general manager situation that, that was rolling down there. They've kind of got things, I think, a little bit better stabilized and going in the right direction. And finally, as we wrap up the NFL news of the day, Lamar Jackson, as he continues to try and work out a deal long-term with the Ravens, it appears the latest reports are that he is seeking a guaranteed contract that is exceeding what Deshaun Watson got, which was a $230 million deal Mm. in guaranteed money. You guys think Lamar's going to get that? And how could that end up impacting things with Dak moving forward in the Cowboys? Yeah, it's just continuing to go up 5% five or more every year. And uh, I think I think Lamar Jackson will get that. I just don't know which team. Mm. Yeah, I kind of feel like that the, the Ravens trust themselves to draft and go find a quarterback if they have to or manipulate the draft or, you know, these free agency. Now you can go out and sign one of these guys. You know, these, there's, there's, you know there's quarterbacks, legitimate winning quarterbacks that are on the street right now. Ravens this one of these teams that'll just move on. They they've they've done it. I mean yeah, they, have. they they paid Joe Flacco and it did it end up well for him. I could just see him saying, you know what, we're not gonna give this guy what we want. We'll we'll figure out we'll go get another quarterback somewhere. With Dak, I mean, you gotta think about with Dak, if Dak tries to hold these guys up, could they go for another short term deal? You know? I mean That's ideally something. I think I mean, that'd be the smart play. Yeah, I mean we've seen Dak when Dak played it short last time. Could yeah. we see another? Could you see him do I think it for again? For both parties, that'd yeah. be smart. Yeah, it's tough to see things just on one side because the Cowboys see all kinds of great players doing deals that are more team friendly uh, to make room. But you you can't uh, believe if you're Dak that they're going to help you if you mm-hmm. do take a team friendly deal. So uh, I don't know, um, but I wouldn't be surprised at all because last time we heard over and over again that the Cowboys had to have a lot of internal discussions about how sold they were. And then it was obviously a huge sticking point four to five years for them because it took them so long to get through it. I wouldn't be surprised if this round of negotiations ends in a way that sort of signals the end is near. You know, maybe this will be the last deal that we get if, if they do, in fact, do that extension that Steve's talking about. Okay, we are live at spring training. You hear the leaf blower in the background. It's a tradition unlike any other. We haven't been here since 2020. It, it's, it's amazing. Last time we were here, it was right in the middle as everything was getting going. And the next thing you know, the whole stadium was shut down. We could barely even get to the broadcast booth to do a show. Had to cut through the Rangers uh, clubhouse, which nearly got us banned from spring training permanently. 
So a lot of memories here. A lot of good times, but you hear that leaf blower, and that means only one thing. We're broadcasting from the press box at Surprise Stadium, and we're excited about these Rangers uh, getting to work and showing us what they got. Okay, uh, basketball, what role is the Mavs coach playing in the big fail of the offseason? I know he's quite a scapegoat, taking a lot of criticism. I've been a big fan. Let's discuss that next here in the GBAC Nation. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, the voice is talking about the Mavs and blaming Jason Kidd getting louder and louder. And more populous social media was all over him. Uh, Truckwreck.com fan text is open. What role is Jason Kidd playing in this uh, massively disappointing season? 20 games to go. They've already reached their loss total from last season. Kevin O'Connor in the ringer, senior NBA writer. I do respect his opinion. He's, he's, he's covered this league for a while. No team in history has won a championship with a bad defense, bad depth, and a bad coach. The Mavericks are not title contenders was uh, his take on that 27-point uh, victory to loss exchange from yesterday. What do you guys think? Jason Kidd, you still down with him, or or you think he's part of the problem now? Man, I mean, he's certainly, when it comes to some of the decisions that have been made, uh, like name, namely the JaVale McGee decision, I think is one that we all sort of place on him, right? It's like that's one of his guys that he wanted to bring in, and that has certainly failed miserably. I don't want to be so out on him. I mean, I have to – it's weird because when he was initially signed and knowing all the stuff from his, his other stops as a head coach, I wasn't super, super excited about it. But then the way he was able to transform the team last year, particularly defensively, and get them to do what they did, and I don't, I don't think that they were getting to a Western Conference champ, or you know Western Conference Finals round, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in spite of their coach last year. I think he was doing a lot of things that was, that was super helpful. Um, but then this time around, it, it's clearly not working. So he certainly, a, as much as he was a part of the solution last season, I think he's a part of the problem this season. But uh, I don't know, does that just make him a bad coach and, and that's it? Or with the way the team's constructed right now, he's not able to get out of his basketball team what he really wants, which is probably tougher uh, defensive team, and he just doesn't have the horses for that. 
I don't know, but I don't want to just say he's a bad coach now when last year it seemed like he was a pretty dang good one. Yeah, it's, it's so bizarre to me how, and, and granted, now they've made the trade for Kyrie, so you don't have Dorian Finney-Smith and, and Spencer Dinwiddie, but last year compared to this year, you had essentially the same personnel, and yet you went from a top 10 defense to a bottom five defense. And it, it, it just, I don't, I don't know. It, it, there's something to be said about that. And, you've, I mean, Jason Kidd, the, the, the majority of last year, in the, in the first part of it, he called the team out, and it was an effort issue, and then they completely turned it around. And they were one of the best defensive teams in all the NBA. And he gets all the credit for that. And he was pushing all the right buttons in the postseason run. I think it's too early for me to go ahead and just jump, jump off of Jason Kidd and be like, hey, you need a different coach. You need a coaching yeah. change, especially with the Kyrie experiment. Yeah. You move on from Jason Kidd and kiss Kyrie goodbye. Now, maybe Kyrie's gone anyway. But that's definitely the only reason why you made a move like that because of the Kidd-Kyrie relationship. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot going into this. I do think the roster changed significantly. If you talk about taking Dorian and Kleba out and adding Kyrie and Christian Wood, now you've you've really, I mean, you had a, a formula that worked. I don't know if the ingredients are enough to play the style that Jason Kidd wants, and I think that might be where he's making his mistake is not being flexible on that vision, trying to run the same system with significantly lesser defensive players. Um, and maybe maybe there is some stubbornness to that, you know. But I think he doesn't compromise his principles, and I think he's strong in his conviction. Yeah. And sometimes that can be a short term on the downside. But if you stick with it and you see what he did last year, I would say we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We got to get Jason Kidd more good defensive players. And we had an identity. We didn't think the upside was enough, so we made some risks to get more talented, and it's stinging us. But I still really believe in Jason Kidd, Brian. How about you? Yeah, I felt like there's a couple of things that happened last year. You caught a couple of teams in the playoffs that were really dysfunctional. You talked about the problems at Utah and Mm -hmm. then what Phoenix, what they were doing. That's a great point. So, you know, maybe you caught a little bit. You know, your team was kind of weathering the storm, pulling things together. You were playing well. You were winning games after the All-Star break. You know, you were more co- cohesive than the teams you were playing. They were a full team last yeah, year. Yeah, and yeah. and so this year, though, I think you're kind of catching a. Uh, I think you're catching a little bit of an inexperienced general manager. Hmm. I think you are, and yeah, uh, may, maybe a guy that you know when you start to talk about making big or major moves. Yeah. You know, he went out and he got Kyrie. Great. You know, it hasn't paid off like you thought it would, as far as with how Luca and Kyrie are playing together right now. But they've dealt with some injuries. I, I, I totally agree with you, Gavin. I don't see Jason Kidd ever like giving up his principles no. about how he wants to play, how he wants to teach. And you that know? can make him great. It but it could also frustrate people. It absolutely yeah. could. And you know, and he's probably looking at it right now and like you said, you know, I, I don't know what what can Nico do to walk in there and say, listen, especially if Mark's staying out of everything. Yeah. If Mark's staying out of it and letting Nico and, and Jake, uh, Jason Kidd run this thing, then maybe the inexperienced general manager is giving him a little bit of problems that way. But 
I, I kind of felt like they caught some breaks along the way last year yeah. with the way that they that thing ended up in the Western Conference and, Final. And, and now this year, I mean, you talk about putting Tim Hardaway Jr. on the court a lot. Now your offensive identity is, hey, we're all going to share the ball, but really it's going to be Luka trying to find us open. Like, you had eight guys who were down with that plan. Now you have Tim Hardaway Jr. who's just a little bit different. He wants to catch it and attack immediately in, instead of the old formula. Now you're going to put Kyrie Irving on the floor and Christian Wood on the floor and you have so many good offensive players who are massive liabilities on defense. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very frustrating for Jason Kidd, and I bet he wants to blow up the roster and rebuild it with with good defensive players. Now, this is a short sample size. It is. You remember, maybe not everybody does, but 2011 when LeBron took his talents to South Beach, that first 15, 20 games was frustrating. You know, I forget how many they lost that year in a row, but I think at one point it hit like five or six in a row. And they're like, wow, how could we put together this Miami team with all these superstars and we're struggling? Because it takes not only the superstars to figure out each other, but where do all the role players fit? And now you're seeing role players who had this, this really nice niche where I get to be Lucas Caddy. And now it's like, yeah, well, now there's Kyrie on the other side of the court. Your role has shifted significantly. Kyrie and Luka. Are, are quarter to quarter really inconsistent with who's running the show and who's supporting. And so their rhythm is different, you know, from what they are, are used to. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Short sample size, give them another 10, 15 games, and let's maybe evaluate as we're coming down the final two weeks of the season and through the playoffs before we make a final answer. I think that's a really interesting point that you made because especially last yesterday's game at the end, you know, a lot of people were upset about the lack of a timeout. And Jason Kidd's comments about, you know, maybe it, it's looking at it through the player's lens. Jason Kidd, when he's playing as a player, he doesn't want the coach to get involved. I'm running this offense. I'm running this team. Let me decide. If I need to take a timeout, if I think the team were not on the same page, I'll call that in the moment. Otherwise, I want to play in the flow of the game. Maybe he's thinking, I've got two high IQ players that I'm going to trust I'm going to put my faith in these superstars, Kyrie and Luka, to figure this out. They weren't able to do it. But to your point here, Gavin, they haven't played together much. Yeah. Maybe it's just an unrealistic ask right now to put the ball in their court. And as a coach, you need to know that. And maybe you need to be more overbearing here, Jason Kidd, and because that's how you wanted it as a player. And maybe that's how you and Luka had been doing it. But now you need to realize these are two guys. They might not be quite on the same page. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to work and try and get the chemistry together. You need to call a timeout. You need to kind of try and, and make the decisions for them instead of let them figure it out on the floor. Yeah, I like the idea of calling plays in those crunch situations, especially at a timeouts. Yeah, well, and they've been, they've been poor out of these timeouts. Like, he is – he's certainly – when you talk about the difference between him and Carlisle, I think Carlisle had a really good reputation with, hey, out of timeouts he can dial something up. Jason Kidd doesn't feel like he's got that same skill set, at least not at this point. But there was times last year, too, where people were complaining about Jason Kidd needing to – call up a, a timeout when teams go on a run and I don't know if there's a philosophical thing I don't know if it's a mind game thing that he's doing with his players I don't know if it if it's him being almost defiant with hey you guys you guys aren't doing anything to help yourselves I'm not going to help you either I'm going to watch you go drown here for a little while and then we'll get back to the drawing board but for for this particular moment this is a learning lesson for you I don't know. Or maybe it's what you're saying, Walchuk. Maybe before the game, he's like, hey, I got a Kyrie and a Luka. And hopefully he's explaining this to them, and they're having these 
these conversations, but it's like you guys, you guys should be able to dictate some things. And I was waiting. I'm going, what? Why wouldn't Luca or a Kyrie? And maybe Kyrie feels like, hey, I'm, I just got here, but yeah. wouldn't you, as a star player, take it upon yourself? I'm calling a dang timeout right now. Sure. Bleep all well, this. Super competitive, great Hall of Fame players. They can sometimes struggle that other players aren't as smart, aren't as committed, aren't as present, aren't as focused on the task at hand, and sometimes they can struggle to communicate it. I know, you know, this morning on Twitter I saw people were comparing quotes that he made right near the end in Milwaukee where he was talking about the immaturity of guys and how they needed to take it. And, and maybe, you know, he was let go in the next year they won 60 games. You know, so I, I will continue to be open-minded. But last year, Jason Kidd just – he did such great things with this team. I think there's a lot to like here. And by far, the the problem with this construction is in how it was put together, not in the head coach. I don't think any head coach in basketball history would come in and get this team playing so great that we'd be like, oh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna win multiple playoff series. I, I think there's some pretty fatal construction here. But I brought up what he said about the Bucks to give you his quotes. He said, I'm not the savior here. I'm watching. I'm not playing. I'm just watching just like you guys. We have to mature. We have to grow up if we want to win a championship. Um, and he did. He mentioned uh, being distracted by the whistle, which was no doubt about Luka. Two and a half quarters were playing at a high level on both ends, but with the Lakers, what they showed us is it, 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 it's a race. It's not the rabbit who wins. It's the turtle. And they worked the game. And that's where we have to get to. We have to get better at working the game, and we will. And... You know, I I, uh, I hope this team is ready for it. But what he's talking about is every single set, everybody do their job and trust that if we're optimizing and increasing our probabilities with all of our actions and positioning, that after 100 possessions, we will have, you know, uh, salvaged and scraped together enough percentage points on defense and offense to give us the edge. And that's what NBA basketball is all about. That's why they grade things out of 100 possessions. How consistently can you run the exact set, in his words, work the game? And right now, he doesn't see professionals willing to grind every day. Like, Luka gets up, he's playing this great first quarter. The next thing you know, and it happened in week, it happened night one in the NBA season against the Suns. The big smile, and we're all playing. Well, guess what? If you D around in the second and third quarters with a big lead, and the other team is working the game, slowly but surely every couple of minutes you look up and there's another bucket that they've eaten off your lead and after 20 minutes it was all gone and I I think right now for Jason Kidd it's it's incredibly frustrating and it's going to be awesome to watch can he can he get this thing back on track or will the frustration build because if the frustration builds this is just the beginning we haven't even seen Kyrie Irving get frustrated yet we haven't seen any of the distraction of that. Who knows what Christian Wood might say as he goes into free agency. Like the toxicity is just in its infancy right now. Mm. Another another month, five, six weeks of struggles, and this could be the team that everybody's talking about as we go into the offseason that needs to be blown up. So, um, you know, right now, I, I, if you're the front office, if you're Nico, if you're Mark Cuban, you have to be thinking, we're entering a crucial period of these, these next six weeks. It could be, hey, we need some tweaks, or holy cow, we might need a new roster and a new head coach. Anything to add to that, guys? 
Hey, they, they, they got to get the defense figured out. I'm hopeful that the, the offense will, and especially the late-game situations with, with Kyrie and Luka, that will all get itself fixed. And, and then getting Maxi Kleba back will certainly help things. But when your defense is as bad as it is, nothing else really even matters, and especially the effort stuff. And I wonder if, like, it feels like Luka's got a lack of – uh, effort defensively even more so than yeah. usual and I'm like okay is this is this his way of saying like kind of bleep you Jason kid right now I don't I, I don't know what the deal is but as long as the defense is as bad as it is and again hopefully Kleba helps it but I don't know how much you can depend on him helping it enough to get where it needs to be because yeah. it needs to get significantly better, man. The amount of paint points they give up is just ridiculous because they yeah. don't have the rim protection and they don't have the perimeter defense. It's just it, it's a disaster. I'll tell you what the answer isn't, and I'm fully convinced of this now, Brian. It, it, Christian Wood is not the answer. More Christian Wood is not the answer. No, that's that's not going to be the case. And if you talk to people at the Mavs, they they will they will. They'll flat tell you that, you know. Be, I, I'm always one of these guys trying to learn the game and watch the game, and then, they, you know, they, they, I say, man, Christian Wood did this. Christian Wood, oh, no, he missed this tonight. He did this bad. He did yeah. this bad. You know, and it, it never – There's. it's very rare that I ever hear anything very, very positive about that whole experience. And, and it's, you know, it's like when he doesn't play, it's like, you know, see, we did better tonight. We did things better tonight, you know, and you're kind of like, oh, okay. So, yeah, the, the Christian Wood – it, I think it was a really, really rough off season for Nico and this, uh, and for Jason uh, when it comes to adding these players. And that's a really good point. And we'll see what happens with Kyrie yeah. Irving. Kyrie Irving might be just Kyrie might be the cherry on top when if he walks away to the Dallas Mavericks and the type of off season that they had, yeah. or or adding players to this roster. Yeah, they might they might need to totally blow it up. It'll be fascinating to see how this uh, this plays out down the stretch. Okay, we got to run. Get right coming up next. We'll see what Reggie and KG have cooking for you here on a Monday night in the G Bag Nation. Thank you, Lucius. It is the G Bag Nation here on one hundred five three. The fan time now to talk with the Get Right uh, seven to eleven here weeknights on one hundred five three. The fan and a good evening, gentlemen. How you doing, General? What's good? Good to hear from you. How are you? We're doing outstanding here uh, live at, uh, at spring training. You know, it, it is a lot of fun here at Surprise Stadium. And tomorrow, Lighter and Rock are going to be on the hill. So I know a lot of Rangers fans are excited to see those uh, first returns here live from spring. How's everything back in, the, in DFW for you? Uh, it was a little warm today. Uh, it was around, what, 70-some-odd degrees? 75 degrees. CA, so. Sweet. Yeah, not too bad in the, uh, the mighty Metroplex. It's almost for, surprise-like weather. You know, for a... Uh, Late February. Hard to believe we're about to turn the calendar from February to March already. So uh, what do you guys have planned on the show? I plan to ask you this three times tonight, uh, by the way, KG. What's coming up on the show? <laughs> well, apparently there's some breaking news with LeBron James just coming out just now. Apparently he's going to be out several weeks with that foot injury. Remember the game? Yeah. Got yes- hurt? Yesterday. So I just saw a metatarsal or something. Um, Woj, he just threw a bomb out there. So we're going to see what that is. Uh, John Michaud at 720. Uh, and also, uh, Jared Sandler at 820 going to be joining us. Um, but, yeah, apparently there's a uh, fear that LeBron's going to miss an extended period of time with his right foot injury that he suffered yesterday. They so, said the uh, TV mics heard him yell, I think something popped. popped. Yeah, I saw oh, that. Geez. Yeah, you yeah. could see him mouth that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he came back in and played made me think like. Yeah, he played the rest of the game. He, he must have been on adrenaline or something. Cap- Fans started booing. They're like. Man, you faked that injury because he came back and played. Everybody was worried to death while he was down. Then he just said, I'm going to play. 
Yeah, because if something pops like that, that, that sounds like that could be a season-ender type deal. Well, that goes yeah, to the Lakers playoff chances. <laughs> could be a while. That's a wrap. <laughs> it, it, it D'Angelo Russell's out right now, too. Yeah, yeah, f- foot stuff. That might be the end of the Lakers season, I think. Yeah, I and think you that's know street clothes ain't going to play out 20 games. Like. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, KG. What's up? What did you think about Catboy's comments today? Uh, see, I like you, Broadus. I like you, man. I like what you was doing there. Uh, you know, I wasn't feeling them at all, but it is what it is. Um, I think for me, at some point, and I've talked to Reg about this, talked to CA about this, a decision has to be made. What are you going to do with a quarterback who – when doesn't when he doesn't have certain things around him, doesn't perform up to the standard that you would want him to. But when he has been surrounded with said talent, he can play. So, who is going to be the one? Is it going to be the you know Jerry? Is it going to be Steve? who is it going to be that finally says, "All right, we're going to make this decision to go on it all on all in." Excuse me. Yeah. And until that happens, you're gonna. Jerry said it a few weeks ago in Mobile, Alabama, at the Senior Bowl. He said, "Look, I don't mind living in the middle." Which told me, oh, so you comfortable, mm. comfortable here with where you are, and yeah, hopefully that it. you get, Perfect. you know, that you get lucky at some point, you know, down the road here. So I don't know, man. Here's what's so wild about Jerry making that comment. Sometimes he knows he's negotiating with agents when he makes comments like that mm-hmm. because literally the deal they made with Ezekiel Elliott and Rocky Arsenault was because Stephen at the combine, oh, said. You know, the Todd Gurley contract is the floor. I was standing right there when he did it, CA. There you go. And you and you know Rocky held him to the his feet sure to the did. fire to those comments. And that's why Zeke got the big money. How much did the combine get your interest this week? Um, it won't get much of mine because your boy's going on vacation, so he'll be on a boat somewhere. Yeah, so he won't have to worry about it. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, man. Yeah. Five day cruise starting on uh on Friday. So yeah. Combine won't have any of my interests. I mean, this dude's working out in shorts. And here's the thing. And you guys were talking about it a little bit earlier, real quick. And you were mentioning, Bros, about the made for television aspect of it. Yeah. Like the unnatural workouts these guys are having to do. They go through all the medicals. And correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. They go through all the medicals throughout the day. And now it's a primetime event. You got guys, you know, throwing passes and having guys running routes oh, and doing no all question. these different things no at night. That would seem very unnatural to me as a player having to do all these kinds of really important, like my job interviews on the line here, and sure. you got me out here doing the stuff at night. I don't think that's an advantage to a player when these I was days. Si- when I was sitting in the Hoosier Dome all these years ago watching that combine in the early 90s, I'm thinking, why would anybody want to watch this on TV? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why would anybody want to? I mean, we're sitting there watching these drills and watching guys work out, and now it's like, you know, 2,000 media members and TV and I mean it's just you know what it's it is crazy Brian? what the league has done it's, to the the draft world it's team building as a sport 365 days a year that's why I was thinking with these new leagues like the XFL UXFL there's not enough bandwidth in people's brains to keep up with everything because the NFL's got it on lock it's not like mm-hmm. oh regular season and off season is it's, you go to the offseason, Super Bowl, two weeks later, combine, two weeks later, uh, free agency, two weeks later, it's the draft. Right after that, mini camp, oh, OTAs, and then you got training camp, and they then give the you season four starts. Weeks. They give you four weeks. They give you between <laughs> June, they give you between June 18th and then in July 18th, yeah. basically, yeah. to kind of get mm-hmm. yourself together. Yeah. So I don't see how these other leagues stand a chance for people to keep up with them. 
All righty, gents. Looking forward to the show here. We'll be streaming live from Arizona. A lot coming up on tomorrow's show, including uh, a rocker and lighter on the hill. Mm -hmm. Marriott has responded to Michael Irvin's lawsuit, arguing it doesn't own the hotel where the incident with the Oh, here we go. (laughs) Get him, Michael. Get him. Somebody going to be rich. Wow. All righty. Well, thanks so much, guys. We look forward to the broadcast. Of course, thanks to Carter Freeman coordinating your video. Luke, Shis Alexander in the Pimp Cup at Master Control. Thank you, sir. Brian brought us Eric Chia follows Zach Wolchuk. I'm Gavin Dawson. Till tomorrow at 2, you're going home with the G-Bag Nation at ease. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.